Welcome to Goalposts. I'm Teresa Halbrooks, CEO of an award-winning consulting, PR, and events firm. After spending 11 years in the NFL, I launched a company that has allowed me to create my own legacy. I've been able to coach some of the most well-known professional athletes, celebrities, and CEOs across the country for more than 20 years. Gaining their respect wasn't easy, but it taught me to have a solid game plan for my future. I'm hoping that my journey and the many stories that happened along the way will not only entertain you, but encourage and inspire you to create your game plan to reach your goals. After all, someone's going to be successful. It might as well be you. Let's get started. Today on the podcast, we have Kelly Sutton. Kelly is an Emmy award-winning TV anchor and radio personality who has covered the country music scene in Nashville for nearly 20 years. She has interviewed some of the biggest stars in the business. You can find Kelly weekdays on WSMV Today in Nashville on their midday show, or she's usually working on a project for her own production company, Firefly Media. I'm so honored that Kelly had the chance to join me on the podcast. Here's the interview. Hey, Kelly, how are you? I'm so good. How are you doing, girl? I am doing great. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Goalpost. I really appreciate you carving out time in your busy schedule. I know you have so much going on. So <laughs> spend some time with me and talk about some career um, career path and, and give some advice to these folks that are listening to the podcast. I so appreciate it. Absolutely. You know, anytime you need me, all you have to do is call. I'm right here. Thank you. So, you know, certainly folks that turn on their TV midday and uh, watch, you know, NBC Today in Nashville, they they feel like they know you. Um, But what I know is everyone has a story. There are many ingredients to what makes up, you know, the, the person you see on television. So, If you don't mind, Kelly, give us a little bit of your background and your journey that led you to where you are right now. Oh my gosh, how much time do we have? Okay, Um, so the interesting thing is I knew what I wanted to do really, really early on, which I think can be a huge blessing or a, a curse you know, either way. Um, I grew up in Southern Indiana and, um, when I was in high school, I loved writing. I loved, um, photography. I loved all things that were creative and we did, and uh, it was a field trip. They took us to the television stations in Louisville. So where I grew up in Southern Indiana, it was really, really close to Louisville, Kentucky, like 45 minutes. Um, so we went to two different television stations and, um, I, it was so strange. I, I walked into the first station and I was in the chaos of the newsroom and there were things happening and people were yelling and there were photographers running around and it was on, it was a lightning bolt. Like one of those moments where you just go, Oh, well, I'm supposed to be here. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I mean, it was just, it was almost this really natural thing, I guess. I, I just assumed, oh, this is, this is my life's calling. Here it is. It's laid out in front of me. I'm going to be in television news. That was it. Um, I took a picture 
sitting in the chair on the, the set for this incredible show that I had grown up watching called uh, Louisville Tonight. I think it was Louisville Tonight or Louisville Magazine. I can't remember. They changed names a couple of times. But the anchor was a lady named um, Angie Humphreys Davidson. I loved her. I thought she was so funny. She was personable and great. And they did all of these fantastic stories about what was happening in Louisville and the surrounding counties and Southern Indiana, Kentuckiana, if you will. Um, so yeah, that was, that was it. At that point, I just, it was almost like I reverse engineered everything. Like, how do I get there? Okay. I have to go to college. I have to, uh, you know, get a broadcasting degree. Uh, I have to intern at television stations and then I'll get my foot in the door and, and that's what I'm going to do. So it, it really started when I was like 16. Okay. And so when you graduated from college, kind of walk us through your professional path of here I am, I've got my degree in hand. So what were your next steps? What was the game plan? So interestingly enough, um, when I was in college, I went to a really small college uh, just south of Indianapolis. And the reason that I chose that particular college, they had a really good broadcasting program. It was small enough that I knew I would get hands-on experience as a freshman. Like you're not waiting to, you know, be a part of the newsroom. You're not waiting to be a part of whatever their video uh, program was. So I started doing that when I was a freshman. And then my sophomore year, I began searching for internships. And really that I think was the key when I learned that in television, it does not matter what your grades are. It doesn't matter what that piece of paper says. It does not matter how many hours you logged on campus. What matters is, do you know how to do the job? Do you know how to write scripts? Do you know how to run a camera? Do you know how to tell a story? Those are the things that were the most important. And I, for some reason, I got extremely lucky and I just had so many mentors that were around me in college that taught me that. So um, I did an internship starting my sophomore year and I interned for three years at the same television station in Indianapolis, which was an NBC affiliate, um, WTHR channel 13. They were amazing to me. And uh, after I graduated, I was lucky enough to get hired there just as a, a crew member, like a floor crew. So I would literally clean up the desk. I would move set pieces. I uh, ran cameras during the newscast. I learned how to write scripts. At the time, and this is totally aging myself, but at the time, I had this massive printer and it would print out like five or six copies at a time of the script. So they were, you know, this thick when they would come out and you would have to rip them apart. They had like perforated sides and you have to rip that apart. And then put them all in order and like the yellow scripts were the male anchor and the pink scripts were female anchor and the blue scripts from director and you had to do that so like that was part of my job i had to rip the scripts and get them to the anchors on time um and honestly it was the best experience because i got to see how the newsroom worked i got to see how reporters worked i had some reporters that were so lovely to me and they took me out on stories and they let me um, do my own stand-ups in the field so that i could then take the footage that they had and, and make it into my own package so that i could really work on my reel it was just all of this really real life hands-on experience that i didn't necessarily get when i was in college i mean i got a lot of that in college but when the rubber meets the road, can you do the job? 
And I just, I really was so blessed to have these incredible people that let me learn from them and, and be a part of their crew for about a year. So your internship was complete. And then what was your next, what was your next step? So yeah, I worked there. I did an intern for three years. I worked there for a year as a part of the crew. And then, um, and girl, this was, this is so long ago. I love it. Things are so much easier now, but years and years ago, you would make tapes. Like you would show people the stories that you had done and you would put together these anchor reels and you would send them out so that people could see what you'd done. So I distinctly remember, um, I had 89 VHS tapes. 89. I you were going to say VHS. <laughs> 89. Nine. And you know how honking big those things are. So 89 VHS tapes, bubble mailers. You're looking up any address that you can get. Um, there was a website that I was on all the time, tvjobs.com. I was on there all the time. Um, just looking and desperately searching for that first on-air job. And I got an opportunity in Evansville, Indiana. It was for the Owensboro, Kentucky Bureau. So I wasn't working in the big station. I was working in the arm of the big station in Kentucky. Um, this is the crazy part. And this is where I think I look back and I go, okay, I knew how bad I wanted this. I took probably a $9,000 a year pay cut from being a behind the scenes, you know, just working like floor producer in Indianapolis to being an on-air reporter at this Owensboro Bureau for WEVV in Evansville, Indiana. So yeah, I, I took a huge pay cut. Um, Paul and I were engaged at the time. He quit his jobs. We moved into this tiny house. It was like a, I don't know, 700 square foot rental house. And I went to work for WEVV doing whatever they asked me to do, whatever story they wanted to send me out on. That's what I did. So what brought you to Nashville? Talk to me about your journey from, from there to here. Um, look at my graphics. Look, I'm, this, <laughs> You're is ready. this is what's fun at being at home. You get to be in charge of your own graphics. I don't have a graphics department anymore. I don't have anybody shooting my cameras. <laughs> but your, your internship paid off. See, you know how to run your stuff. <laughs> you know how to run my stuff. Um, so yeah, I was, I was at, this is what's so great too. I feel like there is this moment and everyone has these moments. You have people that help you along the way. And then you just have some moments where you are just in the right place at the right time. And I think the only thing that you can do to get yourself ready for that is to just be ready, be prepared, get ready because something's going to happen and, and you're going to be called upon. And if you've got the skill set, you know what to do then you're, you are prepared for what comes next. So I'm at the Owensboro Bureau and I'm doing all these stories and, and the morning anchor at the big station, WEVV, up and quits. She just quits on a Friday. And I get a phone call. We need you to come and anchor the morning show for us starting Monday. I'd never anchored, uh, well, some, but not much, right? I've never done this show. It's an hour drive to get there. Everything should have fallen apart, but it didn't. It fell into place. And so I anchored the morning newscast there. I got promoted to the evening anchor there. I was there for four years back and forth at WEVV and loved it. Um, and then in the midst of all of this, your best 
well-played plans, right? You've got it all down. Everything's great. I, we got married. We bought a house. We're good. I'm the evening anchor in this station, which is everything I've ever dreamed of. Um, one day they called all of us in and they said, we are pulling the plug on news and everyone is fired in one day, like 40 plus people. So now what, what do I do? Um, you're kind of back to square one. Got a lot more VHS tapes. I started sending out more of those. I started getting on TV jobs and going back to do what I was doing before. Um, so a friend of mine said, uh, there's a station in Nashville that is looking for a morning co-host. They're going to start a morning show. And, um, he was coming down to, for a different job as a meteorologist. And I said, take my tape. So I gave him my tape and I get a phone call. And the next thing I know, I drive down to Nashville and I did a little, uh, little audition for this morning show that was going to be a revamp of mornings with Ralph Emery. Uh, Ralph is a country music legend, a journalist of none other, like just from the very beginning stages of the Nashville network. Ralph Emery has been a staple and everybody knows him and loves him. And he was coming back on the air and they needed a co-host. So I came in and did the audition and we hit it off and I started my career in Nashville at Fox 17 and we started the Ralph Emery show back. So that was in 2001. Wow. So with a degree in broadcasting, you're right. You did kind of reverse engineer it and say, this is where I want to be. And you had a distinct game plan for that path for yourself. So that's amazing. I, I love hearing that. Um, what would you say for you in that journey? What was your key ingredients for success? I would say one of the, the biggest things that I keep coming back to when I look at, you know, everything that's happened, um, you just have to be ready for it. You don't know when the opportunity is going to come. I didn't know that the morning anchor was going to quit. I didn't know that this job opening was going to happen. I didn't know, you know, that any of the things that happened, I will say, um, there are, there's an old adage until you've been fired twice in television, you really haven't been in television. Like it is, it is a, it is a very wild ride. Um, there's a whole lot of adrenaline that goes into it, either, you know, the entertainment side or in the news business, either one it's, it's crazy. It is, um, unpredictable. You don't know what the schedule is going to be like. It's just, it's, it's a different type of job. And you can figure out pretty quickly if you're made for it or not. If you're doing it and you love it, you know that's where you belong. If you don't, get out. Save yourself the heartache. Get out. Don't worry, because this is not made for you. And I think that, you know, it, it's easy to tell. It, it is really easy to tell. And I have a lot of friends that went to college with me that did it for a year, and they were like, uh-uh, this is not for me. I, on the other hand, loved it. You either thrive in, like, chaos or structure. If you like chaos, TV is for you. But just being ready, being ready and being willing to say that you are, you're saying yes. You know, there were so many things that I said yes to that probably I, I wasn't mentally prepared for. I didn't think I was ready for it. Didn't think I could handle it. I was scared to death, really scared to death. Um, but I still just took that leap of faith. So I think a lot of it is, you know, get yourself ready be ready to say yes. 
and there's so much hustle. You have to work for it. Nothing has ever been handed. There are opportunities that come, but there's so much work that has to happen before those opportunities present themselves. Absolutely. And in a lot of my conversations with professionals that have had, you know, a seasoned journey, um, the comment is very similar in uh, opportunities that present themselves under distress. So you yeah. is you haven't been you haven't been in the business until you've been fired twice. There's right. a lot of those kinds of conversations that people would not have made the move. They would not have sought out something different or gone to a different city, gone to a different company if they hadn't been forced to. And you've got a lot of folks right now that may be in the same situation that are looking at their next career move, their next job, what are they gonna do? And so, um, you know, the conversations I've had with, with many professionals, they were forced to do something different and it opened up a more dynamic opportunity for them that they're grateful for. So it sounds to me like that's probably a, a similar scenario. Well, and I will say this, um, are you familiar with the giving keys? They're these really great keys that you wear and they have a special word that is on each one of the keys that means something to you. So my husband got one for me and mine says leap because you have to take that leap of faith. And I am the type of person, um, you know, my faith is really important to me. I felt like in every one of these opportunities, I am such a stubborn, willful person um, that God had to push me. I don't know if it should say leap or push either way. I, I do feel like every opportunity, like you said, it was under duress. Um, you know, they cancel news and 40 people are out of a job. I mean, at that time it was such a oddity. There was national coverage of the fact that they closed a news station. That's never happened. So, you know, that happened. And then I get this great job in Nashville. And then, you know, the great job that I had in Nashville at this Fox affiliate that I worked at for 13 years, they changed, everything changed. And again, I was out of a job and I'm sitting on the sidelines thinking, gosh, okay, now what, what's my next opportunity? What does this look like? Do I get out of television? Do I start doing something different? Um, and at that point, I almost took a different job. It was same vein, but wouldn't have been on camera, just something kind of behind the scenes. And um, I'm so lucky that I have a partner in life that has been so incredible to help me. He looked at me at that point and he just said, you know, if you don't bet on yourself now, when will you? Oh, that's great advice. That's a and I kind of stopped in my tracks. And I had other friends who said pretty much the same thing to me. Like, if you don't do this now for yourself, when are you going to do it? And that's when I started my own company. So I started Firefly Media. I, you know, started doing video production. I already had these amazing contacts with all of these people in the music industry because that was kind of my beat when I was doing the morning show. I was always... Uh, covering red carpets and re and doing, you know, different events and record releases and number one parties and really just making friends and contacts within the country music community. Um, and I still had all those contacts and I still had everything. You know, I, I guess the big question was, how do I get video of it? I need the equipment. So we, you know, made an investment there and then where does it live? And so I really, again, kind of reverse engineered, okay, 
I have different outlets that I can reach out to. Um, I can provide a service for them. And then I have all these friends that are making amazing music and I can provide a service for them. So I can be the funnel that they go through to get to where it needs to land. Um, and started doing that in 2013. And, and that really started to propel itself. And it had all of these other arms and, and opportunities that came along with it that I never anticipated. One of which was this brand new show that they were building at WSMV. I filled in a couple of times and then got pulled into the general manager's office. And she said, we've got this great idea. We want to do an entertainment show. We want the bulk of it to be about music. Are you interested? And I said, yes, sign me up, sign me up. And, and that's how, you know, today in Nashville came about, but I never would have gotten there had I not taken the steps to try to do it on my own and, and to make all of those contacts and to, to follow up with that network and really, you know, figure out what I could do and be brave and, and take that leap of faith. That is what led to what I'm doing now. And you hit the nail on the head when you said so many of these awkward situations being out of a job or being, you know, in a weird place where maybe you're not happy with the job that you have. So many of those have pushed me into something that is so much better than anything I've ever done before. And I, I never would have seen it that way. It just took walking through the fire to get to the other side and then look back and go, gosh, I'm so thankful. I, I'm so thankful I took that big leap. I'm, I'm glad I jumped off the cliff because the net was there. Right. Well, and I've heard it said several different ways, but one of my favorites is sometimes God forces you to get rid of good in order to make room for great. Yeah. And so yeah. You know, when yeah. you think things are good in your life, you know, oftentimes it's like, wait a minute, you know, you're, you're thrown into a, an area of uncertainty as many people are currently yeah. and that God will get rid of good in order to make room for great. So I love that. And that's kind of a testament with your story. Um, Kelly, what would you say is one of the things that you're most proud of in your journey? Hmm. I mean, you know, the easy one is to say I'm most proud of my family, my daughter. I love her so much. And I'm so proud of the fact that, you know, I can mirror to her what it's like to be a working professional, what it's like to run a business, what it's like to... Um, build a TV studio in your basement. <laughs> you know, I, so I feel like I'm, I'm very proud of the example that I'm setting for her, that she can do whatever she sets her mind to and that she shouldn't be afraid to take those chances. Um, I feel like that to me is a, is a big part of whatever legacy that I'm leaving out there. I also feel like just being this megaphone for musicians and songwriters that brings me so much joy. If there's somebody that is putting out new music, if there's somebody that's putting out incredible songs and I get a chance to just go, guys, you've got to listen to this. Or, or I get to interview and talk to someone that has some amazing tidbit of information that's going to help someone else. I just feel like a megaphone. I feel like that's, that's my thing. I can shine a light on whatever needs that light to hit it. If it's, if it's me holding the spotlight going, look at this, look at this, then I feel like that is what my purpose is. And being in and around the music community in Nashville brings me so much joy. 
I didn't realize how much joy it brought me until I didn't have it for a, a little period of time. And um, yeah, that that's where you belong. I think when you are in a situation and it feels really good and right, and then when you're not in that situation, you know, you figure out your path. You're like, I need to get closer to that. That's what feels right to me. And anything within the music community just feels right to me. That's wonderful. Is there any particular interview that stands out to you over the course of your career? Have you had any interaction with a celebrity or public figure personality that stands out where you, you just kind of thought, wow, not what I thought, um, how impactful? You know, it's interesting. Um, I've just been really, really fortunate to get to do some incredible things. Absolutely incredible things. Um, Dolly is one of my favorite. Dolly. Dolly is one of my favorites. I she's love Dolly. Uh, she's amazing. She is everything that you want her to be and more. Um, the first time that I did an interview with her, I was about eight months pregnant with my daughter and she was doing a giveaway for Cracker Barrel um, restaurants. She had these beautiful pink rocking chairs. You know, the, the big rocking chairs that Cracker Barrel has out front. They were doing a limited edition Dolly pink rocking chair. And so we were talking about that. She was sitting in the chair and, you know, I'm doing the interview with her. In the middle of the interview, she just puts her hand on my stomach and says, oh my gosh, you're going to have a baby. I said, yes, ma'am, I am. She said, is it a girl or a boy? And I said, a little girl. She said, well, I'm going to give you this chair. And I said, uh, 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 yeah, you're floored. What do you say? I told her, I said, you know, oh, you don't have to, but I would love to have that. That would be the biggest and best present I could ever get from you. And so she gave me the pink rocking chair she had been sitting in and she signed it to my daughter. So it says to Savannah Reese, love Aunt Dolly on the back of the chair. And so the chair's in our house. No one's allowed to sit in it. It's in, it's in the, the guest bedroom. You can look at it, but don't sit in it. Don't touch it. Um, and it was just this moment of this person that I've watched my entire life and I've known and grown up listening to. And she's so human and that human connection of she cared enough to, you know, talk to me about what it's going to be like to be a mom and to give me something that I cherish to this moment. And then the fact that she remembered that and I got to introduce my daughter to her when she did her children's album and just this full moment um where you know sometimes your heroes really are who they who you want them to be you know you always get that weird feeling like are they gonna live up to what I've built them up to be and she surpasses that a million times over but then another one that has been more recent that I just went back and watched again and I forgot how incredible it was, um, I did this fantastic interview with Kenny Rogers and I just went back and watched it. And what was so wonderful about it is we know Kenny as a songwriter and we know Kenny as an artist, um, but he was a photographer and he played tennis and he was just so well-rounded. And he told me something that his mother had said to him. And I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm taking that as my mantra now from Kenny Rogers' mom. She said, you have to be happy where you are. Learn to be happy where you are because nothing is going to bring you happiness. If you can't learn to be happy where you are every minute of every day, 
it's never going to get any better or any worse. Just be happy where you are. So like beside me, I have a piece of paper right here and it just says, be happy. That's my whole thing. It's just, you know, be happy with what you've got and where you are. Oh, that's great. I love that. And happiness really is a choice. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yep. So what advice would you give to young professionals that are thinking about starting their careers, they're um, graduating, they have their degree in hand? Yep. What would be your best advice to those individuals um, now that we're, we're looking at, you know, graduation season happening right now? You know, it's so interesting. Um, when I started, there was like the main highway to get to TV. Like, this is what you do. You're in journalism, you get the degree, you do an internship, you get the job and you stay there and whatever. And now it looks more like spaghetti junction. It's just all over the place. There are people that are on television that had a YouTube channel. There are people that started because they were a social media influencer. There are people that, you know, somehow backed into it. Maybe they did a great interview and somebody saw them and said, Hey, you'd be great on TV. I don't know that there's a right path anymore. I feel like, however, you feel called to get into this is the way that you need to do it. If it's through social media, if it's through YouTube, if it's through, you know, traditional, uh, just getting a degree and going to college and, and moving into the TV realm, do that. I don't know that there's a right or a wrong. I will say the one thing that I think is constant throughout all of those is you got to work there. There has to be an unparalleled work ethic. And that's one thing that um, I will say has always been passed down to me from my parents and hopefully I'm passing that to my daughter as well, is there are going to be a lot of people that are smarter than you and better than you and they've got more connections than you do, but there is nobody that will out hustle me. I will hustle with the best of them. If that means I'm there early and I stay late, I work for free, I'm doing overtime, I'm calling people, I'm setting up Zoom interviews, nobody is going to out hustle me. And I think that that's what, you know, has to really happen right now. I think at one point I was told a statistic that there were more people graduating with a broadcasting degree than there were jobs at every television station in the, every market in the United States. So it's a, it's a very competitive field. Um, if you want to get into television, news or entertainment, be able to tell a story be a great storyteller because that's really what it boils down to. Whether you're telling a news story, whether you're, you know, reporting uh, from an entertainment field, if you're on a red carpet, you have to be able to tell a good story. That is key. So that's really one element of success. Um, I feel like you just have to be ready when those opportunities arise to say yes. Don't be afraid to say yes. Um, I'm trying to think of some other things that I, I really feel are key. The hustle thing is major. You got to hustle, you got to work and be willing. I don't know if this is a great topic to bring up, but be willing to, um, do what you love for a little to no money and the money will come. There's a great line in, uh, old dominion song and it's, uh, chase after the dream. Don't chase after the money. I love that. And I've told the guys, I'm like, I'm going to get that printed on a t-shirt. I think it's great. So if this is truly what you want to do, you can't go into it thinking that you're going to be rich because TV jobs pay nothing when you start. Nothing. My first TV job, girl, I made less than I paid for a year of college. Like I came out 
I paid this much for college and my first job paid me this much. And my parents were like, this math doesn't add up. What's going on? So be willing to do it and to put in the heart and the hustle. And, um, you know, sometimes it's like the hunger games. You outlast everybody else. <laughs> I love that. I love that comparison. You know, the word for me, when, when I've got folks that I work with on a daily basis, the word for me is scrappy. Like mm -hmm. I, you know, you're, you're saying hustle, which is, um, certainly, you know, in the same vein, but for me, it's, I am a scrapper, man. I will do whatever it takes to get the job done, get it done first, get it done right. And you have to have that scrappy attitude. Um, and that's partly, you know, scrappy is sort of a sports term, you know, with this, which is a lot of my background of that sports minded philosophy of you just got to get in there and be scrappy and work harder, better, faster than anybody else. So it sounds like it's a lot of the same philosophy in television. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it, there are things that I would never change about my TV career that I just absolutely adore. But while I was going through those hard times, I mean, making no money and working crazy hours and, you know, reporting on tornadoes or standing in the snow or just, I mean, it, it seems so glamorous and it's really, really not. It's just the opposite. But I know everything that I went through got me to where I am. So it's, it's, it's building the ladder. It's building the ladder. It's working hard. It's scrapping it. And I think that your work ethic shows through to the people that are, you know, making decisions later. I mean, a lot of the opportunities I got, I got just because I was always there. I showed up, I was a part of the team. I did whatever it took to, you know, be, successful whatever it was whether it meant i'm sweeping the floor so that the newscast looks great then that's if that's what they need me to do i'm doing it you know right absolutely well one last question before we go um you mentioned storyteller and uh, you know i consider myself a storyteller um just more so by nature i love yep telling stories and, you know, bringing up childhood memories, or here's a college story, or this happened, you know, being a female in the NFL, and let me tell you a hilarious story about that. So, um, you know, one of the things that I wanted to do with this podcast was be able to tell some really funny stories and some comic relief. We need some comedy and laughter right now. And so as we close, do you have any story of whether it's behind the scenes broadcasting behind the scenes at a at the news station um an interview that went awry you got your you know high heel stuck in a grate you know whatever it may be of this went really awry some kind yeah. of comic relief story and you're laughing I, I see you laughing so it makes me think you're you're trying to pick out which one <laughs> yeah yeah no really okay so the first one that came to mind um, when I was still working at Fox 17, we just had wild and wacky things that were happening. It was an infotainment show. We did have a little tiny bit of news in there, but it was much more entertainment based. Um, somebody, somebody somewhere thought it'd be a great idea to bring a horse into the studio. Uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was promoting a rodeo. I cannot remember for the life of me 
how or why we decided that bringing a horse into a television studio was a good idea, but we did it. So there's a horse in the studio and I'm standing beside the horse and I'm petting the horse. And the next thing you know, the horse has stepped full on my foot and I can't get the words out to tell them that the horse is on my foot and we're alive. So it's like, oh, horse, foot, 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 horse. So finally, they get the horse off of me and I'm bending over and then the horse proceeds to take a dump in the middle of the street. So it was like from one extreme to the other and it's all live. I mean, a horse pooping on TV. Like, what? That is live television at its finest right there. And it's not small. It's not a small. It's not like a dog. It's like, this is a, and it was, yeah. So I'm down low. There's horse manure happening. I, I just, at that point, pretty much, I think I just said, we'll be right back. I don't even remember how we handled it. I'm thinking my foot is broken. There's poop in the studio and the smell is hitting you. It's just like, oh God, this is the end of my career. It's going out in a blaze of glory. I mean, that's just, that's just one. I mean, there's so many, there's so many ridiculous animals always. Anything that happens in the animals is always a disaster. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Such a good story. My gosh. To end on that note is just, yeah, it, the, the best plans don't always work. And live television is such the prime example of that when you involve any kind of um, media stunts or, you know, get, whether it's animals or children or whatever it may be, um, live television just is the platform for disaster at times. It, it is my favorite thing ever. It's so funny. I mean, right now, you know, because of everything that's happening with uh, the virus, we're, we're taping everything. And so it, uh, taping is still amazing and we do everything as live. So there's no like second take. If we screw up, it's on there. That's just how we're rolling. But there is the element, you still get that little adrenaline rush and that little, you know, electric feeling when it, you know, it's live. Cause you, you know, you are like, it's close like something terrible could happen <laughs> or it could be great we don't know we'll right. see <laughs> it's 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 just that razor thin line that you're walking on every day <laughs> that's a tightrope yeah television tightrope i love that kelly thank you so much for being with us today it's been a pleasure i i love hearing these stories i could i could just swap stories for a good you know several hours and just laugh. Sometimes we need that really good belly laugh. So thank you for your insight, for sharing your journey and uh, a little bit of comic relief. So thank you so much for being with us. Absolutely. Thank you. You know, anytime you need me, just call me. Thank you. Bye girl. Bye. That was fun. I'm so glad Kelly could join us. You can find more information about Kelly on her website at kellysutton.net or on WSMV.com. Gosh, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you next time. If you'd like more information, be sure to visit us at goalpost.online. That's goalpost.online.